Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is your Premier League preview and FA Cup preview. We're giving you a double up this weekend. Joining me as always on the show, the Dazzler himself, Darren. How are we, Darren? I'm doing good, Noel. I'm doing really good, pal, yeah? Good, good, good. Um, interesting weekend this weekend in terms of FA Cup and in terms of Premier League fixtures. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, obviously, isn't there? With the yeah. um, the league fixtures running into next week and then the the two FA Cup semi-finals and stuff. Yeah, the title race is put on hold this weekend. It's uh, The top four is taking the limelight this weekend. Well, the, the, the title race is put on hold, but, you know, the Liverpool-Man City rivalry certainly isn't, does is it? No, still continue. Some would say the greatest rivalry in the Premier League history. Some wouldn't know what you were talking about. Not me, though. <laughs> um, let's get into this Premier League and FA Cup preview anyway let's start Saturday half 12 Tottenham versus Brighton yeah I can only see this going one way to be honest with you um, Spurs are in flying form at the minute aren't they um, really really starting to play some good football under Conte um, they've shored things up an awful lot at the back for me I have to say the the reappearance of the boy Christian Romero has really shored up that defence. You know, um, there's we know Spurs can be fairly kind of watery at times at the back and soft and stuff like that, but he's brought a, a lot of kind of solidity to that defence and, and really given them a platform then to go and attack through the midfield. I thought the boy um, Bentecourt's done quite well, I have to say, and the boy Kulishevsky's done very, very well. Been a great signing, hasn't he? Been a great signing. Um, I read a few interesting quotes during the week about things he's changed since he left Juventus, you know, diet boys and stuff like that, and definitely seemed to be working out for him, you know. Um, yeah, this is spores all over for me. I know Brighton obviously picked up a great result last week um, and had been missing a result, um, had been had failed to pick up a result really, hadn't they, in the, in the previous games. But it was a great result for them last week at uh, at Arsenal. But I don't think they can back it up this weekend, if I'm honest. I just think Spurs are, are on a roll. And I expect Spurs to do this maybe 3-1. Yeah, sounds about right, Jazz. I, th- I think with Brighton, it's been such a weird season. Because they started out so good. And then Launch they it. got so indifferent. Launch it. And then they started out so indifferent. And then they went on that really bad run. I think they went 12 games. I think it was without a win or something like that. And it was like... Yeah. You know, the fan base was nearly questioning Potter at the time and everything and all. But I think with Tottenham, I think the the son as well has come back into form as well. It looks like the son of old as well. He was he was exceptional last week. Um, yeah, he's been so, he's been very good. Um, I think when when you are one of those wide players, those wide attacking players, if you know you're the headline act and everything's going to go down your side you start drawing more attention from the centre-back and from the full-back on your side, maybe even the defensive midfielder. Whereas when you're in that front three and you've got somebody on the other side who is equally as frightened to a team as you are, i.e. Kulishevsky, mm. they don't have the opportunity to maybe sit on one side and that can free Son up to work one-on-one versus players, which we know he's so, so good. You know, People have talked about Kane for a couple of years now and leaving and going to this club and going to that club. I have to tell you, as a United fan or as any other fan, if I'm going to Spurs, I'm going looking for Son before Kane. Or potentially both. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the, the boat on Kane has sailed a little bit, if I'm honest. 
Mm. I did um, notice with him his own form as well. I think with Kulishevsky going in there as well, Kane is playing a bit more forward. He was he was he doesn't was a, have to come as deep to get the ball. Yeah, and that's because of Bentacore in there as well as really yeah. shoring up that role, really. Um, yeah. but I mean Son's finishing last week was exceptional, like it was frightening. You know, he was he was as good as we've ever seen him. It was yeah. it's a joy, he's a joy to watch. I really, really like the lad, I have to say. Yeah. You know, I don't obviously like the same Minnesota jersey running us right, but mm. he's a great footballer, the lad. He plays the game the right way, smile on his face, you know. He's an honest player, he's a hard working player, really, really good. I enjoy him, I have to say. Yeah, and I mean, they're coming back into form now right at the right time. Couldn't have timed it any better. No. Um, Man United versus Norwich. Yeah, I suppose, like, when you're going through this kind of form that United are going through, you want to have a go with the teams that are right down there at the bottom, don't you? Mm. Um, but, I mean, last week, you see, everything did us up like an absolute kipper. Um. Such a weird United. I know they've had poor performances this season, but that performance last week against Everton was even weirder than what we've experienced this season. They were just no one showed up. No, and you know it's it's hard. It's very hard to watch. You know, it really, really is. Um, as a fan, as as a football fan, as much as a United fan, like I wouldn't like that performance from West Ham. So, yeah. you know, to see it from your own team, you're kind of going, yeah. it was it was a performance that, for me, really rubber stamps the whole thing that, that the Ralph situation isn't working at the minute, you know, and, and probably hasn't worked the way we thought it was going to work from, we thought we were going to get that new manager bounce between when he came in and the end of the season and stuff. And obviously they planned when they were going to bring him in so he could get a nice run of games under his belt and build up a head of steam and stuff like that. And for weeks we said, you know, oh, they're going to do someone in, they're going to do someone in. Hasn't happened. Yeah. They haven't produced that performance. They're, they're lacking so many things all over the pitch, you know. Now listen, tomorrow's Norwich, we're at Old Trafford. I fully expect us to win the game. But I don't, I don't think it will be easy because Norwich under Dean Smith have been quite good. We went to Carra Road, we struggled, we got the win, obviously. And um, you know the odd goal. I think. What do you, what do you, what do you think it was with that Everton game? I mean, for about fifteen or twenty minutes, you looked like you were moving the ball around and creating a little bit, and then it just fell off the side of a cliff for the final, say, 60, 50, 60 minutes or whatever it was. Absolute up for absolutely nothing against a really poor Everton side. A really poor Everton side. Really, I mean, no, really I know they raised the game because obviously the Burnley result in the week before. I, th- I think kind of, you know, it kind of put a bit of fear of God in them with Lampard and stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. So they knew they had to come out and perform. I know it was at Goodison and stuff like that, but they've been so bad. They have. Like, listen, the, the one thing I will say is I never, ever, ever like to go to Goodison. We oh. don't have a great record at Goodison, you know. Um, and, and that's even when we were, you know, a top, top side. Mm. So I don't like going to Goodison. It's always very hostile. The fans are nearly on top of the pitch. It's it's not a nice atmosphere for yeah. away players. Um, that's to the credit of the Everton fans, by the way. That's what they're there for. And they do a super job of that. And I'm sure Frank Lampard and his men, you know, were, were very grateful that they could produce that sort of an atmosphere for them on Saturday morning. Um, I think Everton looked like a, a team that had something to play for. And I think United looked like a team that had nothing to play for. Yeah. And that's as... That's as, as simple as it can make the, the comparison between the two or the contrast. Yeah. Um, 
What did what it, did you think? What did you think of that stat after the game that came out? I don't know if you picked up on it. They were saying nearly to the day three years ago, I think it was either three or four years ago. Must have been three years ago. Solskjaer brought United to Goodison and Everton bet you four 0 And after the game, Solskjaer made the comment that a lot of these players wouldn't be playing for Man United next season. And when you look at the team that went out there last week against Everton, six of that team started and nine of that team was still in the squad. That's a massive indictment, isn't it? A sad indictment of where we are as a club, you know? Mm. Um, That so many players have been given opportunities and given contracts, you know? And and I get sometimes that there can be um, a little bit of emotion and, you know, stuff like that when you're giving a contract to a player and because it might be their last contract and stuff like that or or maybe they've been a great servant to the club and stuff like that. But, you know, there's no room for sentiment like that in football. Not at that level. Not at that level. There's not, not you know, and, and we've given guys contracts who didn't deserve it, frankly. Mm. Uh, hadn't hadn't proved their worth, you know, and when we look at it now and, and, and if the rumours are to be believed that we're, you know, we're making a, we're making a, an offer to Paul Pogba to make him the highest paid player in the Premier League. That is... Shocking. Shocking. Yeah, it's kind of like when you when you think about those three years on the soldier, and we don't want to digress from the show, obviously, but no. there was a lot of rewarding for failure, wasn't there? And it's, it's, it's very, very unlike United, because if you think back to the third year, when you had a lot of failure, he just cleared the decks. And he just, he replaced or he did what he had to do. You know what I mean? I think with Solskjaer, I think it was just a weird three years in terms of he tried to stick by the lads. He tried to give them every opportunity. He tried to reward. I don't know what he was rewarding. It wasn't, it wasn't and I, success. I think anyway. part of the issue is, you know, th- there's always been a fear there. I think it's very easy when you're Fergie to make certain decisions and say, listen, yap. You've been a great servant, but I'm going a different direction. Now, that was one of the cases where Fergie says, I hold my hand up, I got it wrong. Yeah, He said, we played Lazio. He said, and I went, oh, no, this guy's better than he ever has been. But Fergie got away with that mm. because he had saved up the, the points in the bank, you know what I mean? The trophies were in the cabinet at that stage, and yeah. nobody was going to take it off. Him. Whereas for the likes of Solskjaer, for him to take out Ronaldo, for him to take out uh, Jaden Sancho or Paul Pogba, you know, Donny van der Beek, stuff like that. Maybe not Donny because we didn't play Donny at all. But for him to take them out and say, listen, Hannibal, listen, you know, Anthony Lange, you're all going into play week after week here because you guys are hungry and stuff like that. I think that's something we need to try and explain to whoever it is, be it Eric Ten Hag, if he comes in, you know, don't go out there and manage Manchester United with fear because fear will absolutely kill you, you know, and, and go and feel like you've got freedom and feel like you've got the belief and the backing of the the support and of the board. And if it mm. takes a little while to change the atmosphere, and if it takes a little while to change the culture, that's okay. Mm. You know, because we maybe we do need to even take a further step back before yeah. we see the improvement we need. Yeah, I you think know, the really funny thing build. about it when you look at it, I think if Soldier had been brave in making some of those decisions, I think he would have carried just that bit more credibility, maybe. And yeah, you know, absolutely. and espe- especially I suppose towards the end, because if you made the changes and you and you made the picks and stuff like that, and yeah, if you do go a little bit backwards, you can always turn around and say, Well, look, I'm trying to restructure and rebuild things here to get something better down the line, rather than sticking with the norm and going, 
yeah, you played crap last week. You've been playing crap for the last six months, but yeah, we put you in anyway. You know what I mean? And as you said, you he, in, he, he managed with fear. He had a fear of losing the dressing room more so than his job. <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely think there was a massive fear there losing the job. I think he wanted the job more than, you know, I think with, with somebody like Ten Hag or a Pochettino or a, an Antonio Conte, I think the guys understand if it doesn't work out where they are today or tomorrow, they walk into a job. Very, yeah. very easily. Hmm. I don't think that was the case for Ollie, and we've seen that already. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he hasn't walked into a job anywhere, and um, hmm. he hasn't been a contender for a job, for what we know hmm. uh, and what we hear. And um, nobody has looked at him since the stint at United, you know. Um, and he needs to go and, and, and build again, um, you know, build his, his CV again and maybe start. Not the not the the Molder level, but maybe a little mm. bit above, maybe Belgium, maybe Scotland, something like that, mm. and go and do a job somewhere, and then get your foot back in the door and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a sorry state. But getting back to the United thing, I think I think we I expect them to win the weekend. I don't think it'll be comfortable, but I think United will win. I'm gonna say two one. Two one. Yeah, I I, I think it'll be tight, but. You know what I mean? I think you should be in total control of this game. I mean, if if you if you're folding over, and no disrespect to Norwich, and I know they're trying to cling on to something and stuff like that, but I mean, they're they're even like they're they're lower than ever than even. You know yeah, what I mean? The issue the issue hasn't necessarily been about being in total control. One 0 West Ham, get in the hammers. Um, Craig Dawson with a header from a corner. Just keep everyone in the loop when they're watching this. Keep the everyone weekend. abreast of what's going on. We are uh, we're all obviously recording on tours tonight, yeah. and uh, we have West Ham on in the background. Manuel Manuel Lazzini, what a ball! Craig Dawson header at the front post, one nil in the OL Stadium in Leon. Um, we've been in control of a lot of games recently, but still haven't created. I mean, control is is one thing, but control without creativity is another thing, and that's been our big problem getting to that final tour and then guys coming back inside or playing a square ball. And But you know what I mean in terms of control? If you even look at the Everton game, you give up the ball so much and so easy. You know what I mean? You, you should have been controlling that game. Everton should have never had that much ball. Yeah, I suppose Everton's a bit of a standout because, again, even in the games that we've lost previously, like the game with Atletico and mm. even the game, you know, Leicester and stuff like that, that has been control. You know, we've had possession. We've dictated the pace of play, but we haven't been able to create chances. And that's going to kill you as a team, you know, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, listen, I think it's going to be a struggle from now to the end of the season. Thankfully, there's not too many games left for us uh, because I think we need huge changes. Yeah. Um, and and the summer to, to build ourselves back up again for, to, for next season, you know. Yeah, well, I suppose what you said a few weeks ago on the podcast that it's either fourth or it's eighth. You might get your wish. <laughs> I think the best thing Balf Rania could do for an incoming manager i.e. Ten Hag um, is take out a lot of the guys play Charlotte Shoretiri play Hannibal just change know, it up change it play up play Will Fish play a lot of the younger lads um, the lad Garnaucho and stuff like that yeah. play them give them opportunities let a manager look at the tape of them playing in the Premier League Say, listen, here's what you can go on. Yeah. Um, give high, and, and give Ten they, Hag maybe a bit of an, a bit of um, a bit of a 
head start. Bit of a head start. And if they yeah. fall those four places, actually, they've done us a favour because we're back to playing one game a week next year rather than two. And the, the second one being on a tour of the night in the Ukraine with bombs going off over your head because that's basically the Europa League. Like. Yeah, well, the thing about it, I suppose, as well, is if, you know, even if you put the youth in there and some of those guys sort of sniffing around the squad, are they going to do any worse? In reality, are they going to do any worse, even if they let you down? Because you're being let down week on week anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. And we know, like, with United, part of the issue is work rate. Mm. You know, we're being outran every single week we play. And you'll get that from the youth. You'll get the work You'll rate. get that from the young lads because they'll be playing for an opportunity in that jersey. Mm. And, and sometimes that's all, you know, you need. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on then. Southampton versus Arsenal. Ralph, Ralph on a, a bit of an end of season wobble again. Seems to feel like he's on the beach again. Arsenal also two really poor results. Crystal Palace and Brighton. Really, you know, they're clinging on to top four now. A bad result this weekend and that will be it done, I'd say. I, I didn't think Arsenal would sustain it. Um, I, I felt like Arsenal and West Ham and Wolves would all dip. I, I expect the run of form to come from United. It's coming from Spurs, and it's Spurs who'll end up in fourth. Um, Arsenal will fight it out for the the miners with everyone else. It's another difficult game for Arsenal again. They're massively in need of a striker, you know. Obviously, Aubameyang leaves, and uh, and leaves them very light up top. Eddie Eddie and Ketia hasn't cut it at all. Lacazette has done well without necessarily scoring the goals. I think he's played quite well. He's held the ball up. He's done he's done well, but he's just not the goal scorer he was when he was at Leon all those years ago, you know. Mm. And and I think it's it's time for for Arsenal to dip into that transfer market and certainly need minimum of two strikers, don't they? Yeah, I, I looked at the game last week, the game against Brighton, and the, the setup was just crazy. I mean. Granit Xhaka left back the young lad Lakonga they brought in leaving him exposed there in the midfield with no experience beside him they were missing part they Kieran Tierney went off injured these are key players for them and stuff like that and even even at the back they had options at the back to sort that left back problem and like you know Arteta being as, as dog headed as he is you know he didn't want to solve it that way he took the easy out and he left his midfield totally exposed and like the last mid, the last midfield you want to be leaving yourself exposed to was Brighton, where you have Basuma in there and players like that who are so strong and box to box. They'll bully yeah. the likes of Lacanga in there. If you don't have experience in there, you're in serious trouble against Brighton. I know. I seen that at Liverpool when we played them at Anfield and they got the draw. They absolutely bossed us in midfield when they got control of it, and we That's just right. wilted. You know what I mean? And this is against Liverpool. If you're going in against a Lacanga there who hasn't really got the experience that he needs, young lad there. And I just thought last week. Whatever about the Palace game, that was just crazy and stuff like that. But if you look at that game there last week, Arteta has to shoulder the blame on that. He got it totally wrong. Um, and I just thought it was it, shocking. It was... It, there was so many, as you said, decisions which you looked at and thought, that's a strange one. That's a strange one. That's a strange one. Tony West Ham, Declan Rice, 44th minute, right on half-time. This is a great ball into the box from uh, the left-hand side. Leon Cleary. Rice is coming onto the ball, takes a touch, settles himself really well. 
tries to pop it into one of the bottom corners and it takes a really nice deflection by the looks of it and helps him out. Side foots it. He side foots it and it's probably, the keeper's probably going to stop it and the centre back who actually touches it flicks the ball over the hands over of the, the keeper. Hands of keeper. Not bad, for, really a, not bad for a CDM, huh? <laughs> He's going to cost someone 100 million anyway, isn't he? He is. And about six months into it, they're going to be sorry that they spent it. But that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> I think this is another tough day for Arteta and his floundering Arsenal side, you know. What do you um, think? Score draw? I'm going to go, I'm going to go the Saints. Ward Prowse with the winner. Should I I'm even gonna mention to, it? I'm going to go the Saints 2-1. Okay. Interesting. I think, just... was, I think it'll be score draw 1-0. I think it'll okay. be tight. I, th- I think, look, the loss or the draw is still going to affect them. And then you expect Tottenham, Tottenham as well, getting the early game out of the way can put the pressure on there as well. Um, The Battle of the Fords, Watford versus Brentford. Yeah, Watford have been poor, haven't they? Um, really, really put to the sword by Leeds last weekend, obviously, you know. And Leeds, who had struggled all season. They look so much better under Jesse Marsh, don't they? They look like they looked over their shoulder and they didn't fancy where their league position was. So <clears> they got up off their backsides and did something about it. Well, there's absolutely that. But there's also, you know, the, the changes in not just personnel, but, you know, the the, the style. You know, it's it's not as swashbuckling, buccaneerish as it was before. There's, um, a, there's motivational techniques going on there. Yeah, and there's you know, and there's definitely an awful lot of, and um, you know, a lot, an awful lot of bit work being done on the shape of the side, and not just let's run, 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 because you can run, run on all you want. Yeah, but there's got to be a little bit about it. And Leeds have really turned the corner on that Jesse Marsh. I don't necessarily hold that against Wofford because obviously it's a big step up from Leeds, but I don't necessarily see them getting that now. This I think Brentford have been decent the last few weeks. I know they didn't maybe get the win last week, but I think they'll. Uh, I think Brentford will do this. They're playing good football. They're creating chances. Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony looks like he's loving life with Christian Eriksen at the moment. Absolutely, and your yeah. boy Brian Brian and Bueno is is playing very very well. Unreal. If he's at Brentford next season, I will be shocked. Shocked. He is an exceptional player, and you called him very early in the season. He's an exceptional player. Um. Just incredible. I, I, he he was. They were part of that BMW. Yeah. You know, the Brentford BMW was Ben Rama, and Buemo, and Ollie Watkins. Yeah, they were the front three at Brentford, and obviously Watkins goals, Ben Rama goals. Yeah, they bring in Tony, and Buemo still there. Again, like you said. That job, he did, that, job he did on, that job he did on Chelsea is like he absolutely holding on to Mbemo next season is huge. Yeah, like he would be unbelievable for the likes of Newcastle, mm. who could do with goals, pace, you know, up that up the top end of the pitch and stuff like that. And mm. and we know they've got cash on the hip as well, obviously. So yeah, absolutely. We may start the rumor mill going now. Mm-hmm. It's not long um, now before we be in our transfer shows and having fun with all that kind that of That really stuff. makes me happy, those transfer yeah. shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one Brentford. Big show. I'm gonna go two one. I'm gonna okay. go two one. I think Brentford will get the job done, but I think it could take a while. Wofford, the Wofford does does a does a certain resilience about them, but then they then they just collapse. it's 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 that Roy Hodgson resilience, isn't it? Yeah, you can you yeah. can get the whiff of it. Yeah. You just can't taste enough yeah. of it. He's the only guy I know I kick off that starts checking out his watch. <laughs> How long is left? <laughs> yeah. Somebody get, off. somebody get to a corner flag. Yeah. From the kickoff. <laughs> He'd just be scared to make subs in case there's out of time. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Um, then we obviously round out 3.30. We've got the huge FA Cup semi-final. Man City versus Liverpool. Um, brilliant match last weekend on Sunday. We were very slow out of the blocks. Got back into the game second half, ran out a draw. In truth, City could have been out of sight in the first half if they had their proper shooting boots on or had a, I won't say a proper front man because they have players there. Then we go into the Champions League. We kind of, I won't say we coasted through, but I think we knew where we were and we just sort of, we managed our way through that set, that, uh, that quarterfinal second leg. Uh, City, on the other hand, had to get into a 12 rounder with, Athletic, Atletico and Atletico had a couple of chances um, to get back into the game but didn't and then it ended up in a melee and stuff like that and then we hear today now that Kevin De Bruyne serious ankle injury could be gone for six, eight games maybe which is going to be massive for them uh, Foden took a head injury ended up with a bandage on the head and we, we heard that Kyle Walker I think is out as well at least for this semi-final Um what you're thinking on that? I mean, they're Kyle Walker's massive for them, isn't he? And also Kevin De Bruyne, huge. Well, listen, Walker is massive. I think Walker's very, very underrated. Um, certainly among England and City fans. Mm. I just think he, I look at him so many times. And um, you know, the positioning isn't great, but he's such an athlete, the guy. And he mm. always gets back in, gets goal side, he's strong. Not only is he quick, but he's strong. He holds guys up. I think he does a really good job for them. I think, obviously, I have to say, I was really, really impressed with um, Nathan Aki when he came on last night. Yeah. Thought he did a great job in that left back role. He's been um, brilliant. He's been brilliant for the Netherlands. He, he's been quite good for City, even, and he's playing yeah. more and more games yeah. in the last 10 to 12, you know. So he's obviously someone Pep has looked at and gone, this kid is okay. This guy can do it. Do they change formation? I seen Diaz was on the bench the other night. They may go to a three and have five in, through the midfield with two wingbacks mm. um, and, and then play two up front. I wouldn't be shocked to see it. I know that's not necessarily the style. Yeah, I was thinking they might stick to it. I thought they might just push Stones out wide and put Diaz in the middle with Laporte. Well, listen, they can also play Cancelo on the right and Aki on the left. Yeah. Or they, and, have, and, the, and or they keep, have the boys in Chanko. Yes. Now, I have to say as well, last night, Stones was excellent. Yeah. Was very good. So, I don't think that's a huge issue for them. Mm. I think, obviously, anyone losing Kevin De Bruyne, you know, it's difficult. Um, I think, though, it does, at times, give Gundogan game time. And we know how good he can be. Yeah. Um, you know. He's been very impressive when he came in when Kevin De Bruyne was out earlier in the season. Yeah. Back, and that's Backed like, up a number of goals as well. And that's, I suppose, the... You know what I'd expect to see, and um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna it's gonna happen. But that's what I'd expect to see. I'd expect to come in and him try and dictate a lot of the play alongside uh, Rodri and, and stuff like that. You know, um, I think it'll be tight. 
I think the injuries though, and and also the the way you know you guys were able to give a lot of a lot of guys a break on Wednesday night. Seven changes, yeah. I think that has to favour Liverpool, doesn't it? Has yeah, to. I'm thinking Liverpool two one, but I think it could be another fascinating um, game between us. I mean the rivalry. Oh, you, you know what I'm gonna call? I'm gonna call Liverpool after extra time. Okay. Because I think the extra time is what do what will do really do City in. Mm. Um, and I'm gonna say three two after extra time. Okay, so you're going two all going in then. I'm going two all going in, pretty similar to last week. Yeah. And I'm going uh, Liverpool to get the winner in extra time with with some of those fresh legs coming off the off the bench. You know. Interesting. Good show here. Listen, I'll take that all day. Absolutely. Um, let's move into Sunday then. Newcastle versus Leicester. This could be a great game. Should be a great game. Listen, Leicester off a huge result tonight um, mm. away in PSV uh, in Eindhoven. Um, Eindhoven were on a great run of results. I think they were unbeaten in 16. Yeah. Um, really pushing uh, Ajax in that Dutch area division. Mm. You know, they've got a, a cup, this, cup, cup game, game this weekend, weekend as well, you know. So, yeah. so that's a huge result for Leicester. I was, I was very impressed with a couple of the lads, I have to say. Um, I thought the boy Wesley Fofana was unbelievable. I'm a huge yeah. fan of him. Huge, huge fan of him. I thought tonight he was unbelievable. Yeah, it's nice as well to see Madison put in a shift. In recent well, he times, he's been a little bit lazier, hasn't he, in his play and stuff like that. But tonight, he looked like he was putting in the work. I've got to say, I've looked at Madison over the last few weeks where he's really up the goals and the assists, but he's also up the work rate. Mm. Since he's come back from the last kind of injury, he's really hit the ground running, you know. Mm. Top Madison was excellent. And then the... Uh, the other lad I thought was excellent and it was a big shock because he'd been so, so poor all season was they brought on the boy um, Jose Perez and he hasn't got a goal or an assist this season in the Premier League I believe mm. and tonight he came on he was unbelievable yeah. really, really was fresh legs himself and Adam Ola Luckman came on Luckman again was excellent has been quite good for Leicester mm. but um, the boy Perez was super was really, really super so we may see him against Newcastle at the weekend. Again, that's an old team of his. Mm. Um, and you know how players like to score goals against their old sides and stuff like that. Yeah, interesting show. And of course, Leicester with the travel on the Thursday, the Thursday football. Um, yeah, who's at home on Sunday? Newcastle. Newcastle at home. Yeah, tough place to go as well. I'll probably just have to shade it for Newcastle then, you know, with the with the fact, no, will I, I'll go for the draw actually. Because you know what? I'm just thinking, how much would Chris Wood do damage against Fofana? And I think he probably wouldn't. Mm. And and I think Leicester, they weren't that bad tonight at the back. I think going forward, they were already, I think Leicester gets something out of this, even with the, the big high of the win on tours night, which I'm not hugely a fan of, because I think after those big highs, at times you can see big lows. I think Leicester get a dry out of this. So I think 2-2. Two, two. I wonder would Leicester take the opportunity after going through tonight? I wonder would they take the opportunity maybe to baby a few players now and just accept their plight in the league and you know throw all their eggs into the Europa basket? Because the it's the it's the conference there, isn't it? Sorry, the Europa Conference, yeah. Yeah, so does the conference then gain you access to the league next season? The Europa I think League. So yeah, I think it does, doesn't it? And, and the Europa League gains you access to the Champions League. Champions League, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, looking at where Leicester are at the minute, is there a better opportunity than a semi-final plus yeah. a final? Yeah. They're, they're three games away from possibly being in the Europa League. Could you say that on the league? Not a chance. No. So that's a great year, what you just said. Yeah. It's a great year. And especially with, with your boy coming back after being out for a while with injury and stuff like that, yeah. you'd want to be definitely babying him just to be careful, you know, because he's a young Absolutely. player. Absolutely. That's a great year. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go Newcastle maybe 2-1. Um, I, I think I'll, I'll I wouldn't with, be surprised I'll stick with, with, with me 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. But I'll only stick with it on the basis that I think the guys maybe that do if they do get a chance for Leicester, will be looking to go. We want to put in a performance here based on the fact we've a semi-final play for a spot in, you know. Yeah. So guys might try and put a shift yeah. in on that side, you know. Another team that you've been keeping us updated on: West Ham versus Burnley. What What you're thinking in that relegation battle at the moment? It's really, I mean, I would assume Norwich and Watford are gone, would you? Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to Burnley and Everton, isn't it? At the end of the day, I think. I think it's going to come down to Burnley and Everton. I think it's going to be really, really tough for Burnley to get out of, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know, obviously the Everton result last week was huge for them. Um, I know Everton's running isn't great. We had a little look at that during the week in the, in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. The Everton running is quite difficult. They have to play Liverpool again, don't they? Yeah, playing us, yeah. Um, they're getting nothing out of that <laughs> like you know um, there's a couple of so I think they play Spurs again <laughs> I think they play Spurs again as well yeah don't think they're getting a whole lot out of that either no so you start to whittle down and all of a sudden you look on the other side and you go Bournie you know Bournie did great to dig out that result at, at everything they really really did but I don't know I think I think they're just going to come up Trump short I think the only team that could sway for me is if the boy Vig Horst, who we expected an awful lot out of, manages to come good. I think he came off after about 56, 56 minutes the weekend. He didn't even make the two points on fancy football. That's how poor he was. Um, and it, it didn't look like it was a like it was a tactical or sorry, an injury um that he was coming off or it was a tactical change. He'd been very poor. He's been mm. poor in a lot of the games. Um, and that's the guy who they were kind of hoping was gonna fire them to safety mm. after after Wood leaving the building and stuff like that. I think I think this will be tough for, for Burnley if I'm honest. We're gonna West Ham tonight, you know, they're they're mixing it in the upper echelons of Europe. Leon's not an easy place to go. Mm. Um Leon have been a great team in Europe for the last you know 20 years since Karen Benzema was putting goals past Man United. You know, they've been very, very good. They're always competitive Leon. They always get to the, the quarterfinals, the semi-finals or whatever kind of a competition they're in you know yeah. so they're no mugs um, this would be a huge result for West Ham if they can hold on I suppose uh, very different to Leicester West Ham are in a, a position where they are fighting out for a top six and they have an opportunity to go Europa League automatically Yeah. Um, so they're not like Leicester where Leicester can afford to look at it and go listen we know we're not going to make this so we have to Thursday night yeah. is where we're at I, I certainly see this as um. I certainly see West Ham keeping the ball rolling with this. I think West Ham will get that that winner on Sunday as well. I have to say, um, you know, three, three one. No, I'll just say two one. It'll be two. tight, but two one. They'll do enough. Okay, interesting. That'll be tough times for Sean Dyche. His tone as he gets interviewed is going to change very greatly over the next couple of weeks. It, it already has. Yeah, we're going to round out the weekend then with uh, the other FA Cup semi final: Chelsea versus Crystal Palace. 
Um, this it's is a tough. game I'm really looking forward to. I think this will be a real good game of football. I think it'll be a really good game of football. I think Palace are going to be absolutely bang at it. Right up for it. I think, um, you know, they're going to cause an awful lot of trouble for Chelsea. Um, we see the kind of trouble that you can create at Chelsea if you can get down the sides and around the back and stuff like that. Excuse me. Um, Chelsea obviously going to be on a massive, massive low. Yeah, Tuco with a huge job to lift those boys. Huge. Huge, because, I mean, you would have said halfway through that game, Chelsea were marching towards the semi-finals. Yeah. Um, and obviously things changed pretty late on and stuff like that. And, and Real came into their own and towards the end they could have got a couple of others, you know, but, yeah. but very early on Chelsea looked unplayable and I kind of thought to myself, I think we might have even spoke at one stage and I said, are these one of the most frustrating teams you've ever seen in your life? Because, you know, we've seen them obviously put six past uh, Southampton mm-hmm. at the weekend. But two or three up away in Real Madrid. And they've just been battered for one by Brentford on ongoing. Yeah. What's yeah. happening here, you know? It's been it's been the it's been really their season, hasn't it? They've either been amazing or they've been, you know, way below par. I was kind of thinking, is there eleven Paul Pogba's in here? Yeah. You know, yeah. is it that type of that it's either unbelievable or unbelievably bad? Yeah. I don't think they can afford to to dip at all from Sunday, I have to say. I think any sort of a dip and we see a Palace win. Okay. Um, I think Chelsea have to be at their absolute best. Um, and I think that will be very tough with, with how you know it went and stuff like that. But I think if they don't, if, if Chelsea are off it slightly, Palace win this game. Needs to stick with that team as well, doesn't he? That team looked really balanced the other night against Real. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, it was. And I think the other thing about sticking with that team is you give them another bite of the chair and you say, listen, it didn't go our way. But here's another cup. Here's another one. Go and get to a final. Yeah. So what way, what way are you leaning? Um, listen, I don't think you could bet against Chelsea, but again, it's, it's going to be tough. Why don't we... Why don't we say? Why don't we say extra time? Extra time. Let's say let's say the draw, and we're going to see extra time. That's where I'm going with it. Okay, interesting. Um, we may even get a penalty shoot out, and if he brings the boy Kepa on, I'm going to take my TV off the fucking wall. That's probably what will happen. Provided I he suppose does, 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 does Kepa play? Does Kepa play? I was going to say yeah, games? he might start. Yeah, and if he know. starts, listen, that's fine. But if he doesn't start and they bring Mendy off... Yeah, if they start messing around for penalties, then it's like, you know, you reap what you sow, don't you, if you start doing that kind of... Absolutely. ...kind of stuff, yeah. I I, th- yeah. I, I, I would expect Chelsea to get through, and I think if we play out the way we think, I think we could get a repeat of the Carabao Cup final. Um, I'm just not sure whether um we'd run out winners in that one. Interesting to see, even though we're going for the quad. We shall. We shall see. But listen, a pleasure as always. This has been your Premier League and FA Cup preview match week 32. They're mm-hmm. going by so quick now. It's um, every three days now, it feels like we have a cup final and it's just... Stay with me. Training. And that's West Ham 3-0. Totally. They should save a few of those for Sunday. <laughs> and that's our boy, Jared Bowen. Bowen, yeah. Exceptional. 
if he's not, if Leon, he's not creating his score. Leon were are obviously come straight out after half time, made two changes, brought on the boy Piquita and Kenny Tete, and are pushing, pushing, pushing. Lose the ball on the halfway line. Now, oh, who's boy. playing left back for West Ham? I'm gonna say it's the boy Ben Johnson because I Johnson is playing on one side, Kufal is playing on the other. It's the boy Ben Johnson sweeps it from the left back position up into the number nine position. And because Leon are all out of position, Bowen ends up one on one with the keeper and buries it across the keeper into the far corner. It's a great finish. That's it's very Jared Bowen esque, you know, where he's holding the line, just waiting for the pass. As soon as it's hit, Runs he turns on, on them afterburners, gets clear of the defenders, and then boom, finishes 3 0 West Ham after 48 minutes. You'd have got massive odds on this. Sounds like a carbon copy of Firmino's second last night, was it? This is going to be Firmino's second. Remember the second? Was the second last night where the ball came across and he just put it in? It was a volley. Was it the second or the first? What was the first? Was the first? First was, wasn't a vo- wasn't it? Was it the one? No, the one that was disallowed. Sorry. The one that was, was disallowed. Here remember remember, it, came, remember it came across the back line. He just put it in. Yeah. And no. Way better because he picks the ball up much shorter. It's not way better, just Bobby Firmino. He <laughs> certainly doesn't have better teeth. We know that, but <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, listen, let us know, folks, your picks down below. Let us know what you think. Who's going to make it to the FA Cup final? And um, if you want to contact the show, the upper tier podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you're picking up stuff, be it video or audio, you will find us there. Till next time, my friend, a pleasure. Thanks, brother.